are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Well, we're still talking about the life and the power of words, and we're going to deal with some things today that I believe will cause the Word of God to come alive in your life and help you in some situations in life. The Apostle Paul said of Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 17, So then faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. Now, you see, as we understand the fact that the words that are spoken... There is actually spirit life released in those words. You see, Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. So there is life transmitted by the spoken word of God. There is also a spirit that's transmitted. It's the spirit of God. If it's God's word, if it's the devil's words that you're quoting and speaking, then it transmits the spirit of the evil one. Now, that's why it's so important that we learn to say what God says about every situation instead of backing up and saying what the devil said. No person in the natural would go around saying always what his enemy said. (laughs) You know, that'd be foolish, wouldn't it? Now, no person in warfare would go around agreeing with the enemy. Well, we're in a warfare. God's Word releases spirit, life, and power to accomplish what His Word said if we will speak it and proclaim it. Now, I want us to look at uh, Scripture in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, because I think it's a basis for understanding some of the things that David did. And even though he was a 17-year-old boy when he slew the giant, he had some wisdom and he had some knowledge and understanding of the power of words. And Paul taps into it here in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. He said, We having the same spirit of faith, According as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Now, you see, Paul is quoting an Old Testament scripture here. Psalms 116, verse 10 is what he's quoting from the Old Testament, where David said, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Now, see, whether you realize it or not, the things that you believe and the things you have believed in days past, they have been spoken. Now, when you spoke those things, whether you realized it or not, you released a spirit with that. See, if it was words of strife, you released a spirit of strife with your words. If it was in love, you released a spirit of love concerning that matter. If it was fear, you released a spirit of fear. See, words are alive. They're living substance. And they produce after their kind. So David said, I believed and therefore have I spoken. Paul says, we also believe and therefore speak. So that's the basis for what the psalmist David did in his battle with the giant and with different situations, the bear and the lion and all of that. He said, I slew the lion and the bear. And he said, this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them. Well, David was proclaiming, allowing his words to proceed or be forerunners of what he actually accomplished. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 36, 
He says, Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he shall deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. So Saul said to David, Go, the Lord be with you. Now, see, his faith-filled words had convinced Saul that he could do it. (laughs) It's amazing how that our boldness of proclaiming things can influence others. Now, when he first began to say some of these things, you'll find that they really got on his case. Who do you think you are? I mean, his brothers really raked him over the coals, as we'd say, because of what he's saying. But they came and rehearsed this before Saul. And then he called for him, and after he listened to him, you know, he decided that old boy can do it. (laughs) He said, I don't know how, but he can do it. Now, as you find out what David did here, actually, as you study this, you'll find out that he said, I believe it was five times, he proclaimed what he would do before he did it. Now, I think it's important that we realize that when we proclaim things in faith based on the authority of God's Word and our experience with God and Him fulfilling His Word, that we can be bold about some things. And this is what David is doing. He is proclaiming, he is releasing the spirit of faith in those words to go before him and prepare him to be able to do the thing that he did. Now, I want you to know that it not only affected the situation of the giant, it affected what David did. And it does that way in your life. Every day, the words you speak, they're going to affect the things you do, the decisions you make. And your words can cause you to make wrong decisions. They can cause you to make right decisions. See, Mark eleven twenty three. the God kind of faith, the way that it works is that a man will have what he says if he believes and doubt not in his heart. Well, I see God has established that as a law, as a principle or a law, whatever you want to say about it, and it works that way. Now, just because God said that, because Jesus said that, see, this is what I think we miss sometimes. Sometimes we think that, well, it's that way because God said it or because Jesus said that. Wouldn't have been that way if he hadn't have said it. But no, no, that's not always true, see. It was that way, that's the reason Jesus said it. See, that was already established. See, that was established even under the old covenant. Because God told Joshua, don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth. Meditate there in day and night. Observe to do all that's written therein. Don't let it depart. In other words, that's God's way of saying you can have what you say. Joshua hooked on to that. You see him in the 10th chapter of Joshua when he was pursuing after the enemy and it's about to get dark on him. So he stopped before all of Israel, looked up toward heaven and said to the sun. (laughs) You know, here's a man talking to the sun. Now, he got something out of keeping God's word in his mouth and meditating there in day and night and observing to do. I suppose that probably Joshua had got a hold of a lot of things in the word of God that most people miss when they don't meditate on it. When they don't spend some time dealing with what God said and how it affects their life. 
You see, God's Word is a living force. It's a living substance. It'll live inside you if you let it. Or if you allow it to, it'll mean nothing to you. In the pages of the book, it won't do anything for you. But Joshua got something out. He stood before all of Israel, lifted up his head, looked toward God, and said to the sun, Son, stand thou still. Well, now, don't you know that Israel thought, now, who is this dingling? What does he think he's doing? Why, he must think he's God. See, I've had people say that. Why, you must think you're God, confessing all these things. You're trying to force God into doing something. Oh, no. We're just trying to apply what God's already established. It's that way. We've just learned how to operate in it. Now, he spoke that before all of Israel. But you know, when the sun had been shining for about 24 hours, you know, they decided this old boy knows something. (laughs) And certainly he did. He stopped the sun, or actually what he did, he stopped the rotation of the earth. He thought the sun was moving. But regardless of that, he got the same results. Now, you see that David here has proclaimed five times before it ever came to pass what was going to happen. Now, we've made this statement. I want to make it again here. Your words are forerunners of the events that will take place in your life. Now, there's several reasons for that. One reason is because that it will cause a circumstance to come about which you're speaking. And besides that, it'll change you to the point where that you'll cause the circumstance or get in agreement with that circumstance. Now watch David here, after he's made all this statement. Verse 38, And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off from him. Now see the very words that David said. The Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion and of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. If he's going to depend on this armor of Saul, then he's not really trusting in God. Now, not only that, but he is not going to use another man's method. Now, see, this is where his words has proved to bring to him the wisdom of God. If he just said, well, you know, I'm going to try it, but, you know, things may not work out, but bless God, I'm going to get out there. If he kills me, I'll just be dead. Well, he'd have probably took the armor and went out against him and ended up dead. Graveyard dead. (laughs) Because, you see, he would have spoken things that caused him to make the wrong decision. But here, when he put on all this armor, which looked like the natural thing to do, looked like common sense, see, But he said, I haven't proved this. And let me say something here that I believe will help you probably as much as anything else about your faith and operating in the power of God's Word. Don't ever act on another man's faith. Don't ever go by another man's method unless God has revealed it to you or quickens you to go by that direction. See, don't ever act on somebody else's faith. God bless you. I do appreciate you joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. All of this week, our book and CD offer is number 7513, a book and two CDs entitled God's Image of You. 
77-page paperback plus two CDs for $22 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $27. In this book, we talk about God's image of you, what His image of you is. God sees you as an overcomer. You know, John wrote and said, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, God says in his word, and John was giving you what the Holy Spirit authored, that you're sons of God now. You're not going to become a son of God one of these days when you get to heaven. You're a son of God now if you're born again. John said it this way, He that hath the Son hath life, he that hath not the Son hath not life. So it's that simple. If you're born again, you have Jesus the Son. If you're not born again, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord, then you don't have life. This 77-page paperback book, this is one of the chapter titles, Created to Have Dominion. God created man to have dominion on this planet. Read it in Genesis 1. Then chapter 3 is in the image of God. You were created in the image of God and in His likeness. You need to see yourself the way God sees you. Then uh, chapter 5 is speaking the image. You speak the image that God has in His Word. You say what God says about you. Don't say what the enemy says. This book will be a blessing to you. It's a book and two CDs. 77-page paperback plus two CDs for a total of $27. We have a toll-free order line, 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Kemp reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.